How far is KFC? Uh, it's like up on Minor Hill and across the street, but I don't think it's open now. Mm. Let's see. Yeah, it closes. Oh, it closes at 10.30. Wait, no, it closes at 10. It opens at 10.30. Damn. I'm not about to run in there 10 minutes in like, oh, I gotta get some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I know you're not supposed to care what people think, but I, I'll know far too well what they're thinking. A hungry-ass Negro needed his chicken. <laughs> needed your fix, huh? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. And pardon me if I sound a bit sleepy. I, uh, medicated myself. Well, this episode was a bitch and a quarter to edit due to, like, really off and differing voice tones, volumes, pitches, whatever. I had to go through and up and down, down my voice, up our guest voice, up Angelina's voice, down my voice... It's taken hours split over two days, and I'm not even done. I just needed to get this other stuff done because, well, you know, sorry, not much enthusiasm right now. Uh, yeah. So, well, here's one thing to get enthusiastic about. The next episode is episodes one through four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Phantom Blood. JoJo's tight. I mean, seriously, if you haven't watched it, pause this. Stop it. Whatever. Go watch the first four episodes and then come back. Trust me, it'll be worth it. Yurihiko Araki is the fucking man. He knows his shit. Anyway. Please enjoy. So originally, JoJo's was going to wait a little bit. I don't know why and for what purpose. I just felt like I wanted to wait. I'm not sure why. However, certain circumstances uh, came up and the opportunity presented itself and I took it because I'm weak. Um, I might as well introduce you to said opportunity. See, Joe Face is out doing Joe Face related things. So we had a gap to fill. Yeah, Mike uh, called in a favor. <laughs> yeah, we doubled the fun. Yeah, Pangelina times two, ladies and gentlemen. Two Pangelinas. Yeah. Half the price. Indeed. Introduce yourself, other Pangelina. Uh, I'm Michael's younger brother, Daniel. And while you are definitely not old, are you perchance an otaku? Yeah, yeah, I would think. I would... I would think so. Which is way more than I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got young blood in the house. Here we go. We're going to get that. Pers- we're going to get a, a completely different perspective here on the old Taku connection. It's all about the connection, really. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. This kid already knows, Mike. I, I, I know I didn't have to say you're in, but you're in. You're watching the first four apps of the first season of an anime that really should be like a household name. And maybe it is in Japan and Italy, because the author really likes Italy. It's not as big out here as it should be. It's a little something called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Baron Spaghetti. (laughs) I can't believe I haven't heard that before. (laughs) That's good. That's all up Ze- uh, or Zeppeli. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Mm. Who uh, dresses like a magician and likes to put pepper on his sandwiches. Yeah, his outfit is never explained. Well, he's supposed to look like a magician. Okay. Since, like, the crazy martial arts shit he does looks more like magic than anything else. I, uh, I think should you continue to watch this... Michael, you'll find yourself saying that many times. <laughs> many outfits are never explained. 
the closest we come to an explanation lies more in the author himself, who's um, really into like I guess like fashion and art, specifically the artwork associated with it. Mm-hmm. It shows not only in the uh, characters' designs, but also in some of the posing they do. Uh, we haven't seen a whole lot except out of Zeppeli, but yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see some like really vogue ass, fierce ass shit coming out of these characters. Yeah, I mean those luscious locks on Dio already. Yeah, he's got that whole brother thing going. On. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they never say he's gay, but he is super gay. Really? Definitely. You think so? It's too fabulous not to be. <laughs> Listen, there's some stuff. It, it, it leads people to believe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get that vibe. I'll tell you what vibe I did get. I thought this was like, this was incredibly soap opera-ish. It was incredible. It was like Dark Shadows or Young and the Restless or something. Yeah. Same. Yeah, it. it 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 says something. I mean, this what you're looking at is like a very compressed version. Uh, one of the major complaints that gets leveled against Pain and Blood is that it's pretty slow, and that's because it's like a completely different manga for a good chunk of the time. And yeah, they compressed all of it into two episodes. But yeah, it is it is high ass drama. Yeah, like family members being turned against each other, people trying to destroy other people psychologically, plots to usurp not really the throne, but the family fortune. Overall, what did you think of those episodes we saw, Mike? Uh, it was an interesting build. Like, it started as, like, ultra soap opery, and kind of kept doing that, and then it got, like, more fantastical, and then felt like interview with a vampire or something and and then it sort of turned into like felt like a kung fu movie where he's like training with an old man uh but it's one thing i've noticed about the japanese and kojima does this a lot where they just look at shit and they're like i like that i'm gonna put it in here Mm-hmm. Like, I like that hat. My guy's gonna wear it. I like this band. That that guy's gonna be named. He's gonna have the same name as the band. <laughs> are we are we talking about Robert Eo Speedway? <laughs> yes, we are. He's the best. <laughs> Seems like he's a good right hand buddy. There, that man. What do you, yeah, I believe what do you the, think that, uh, the term is what do you Brojo? Think EO means? <laughs> Brojo. What do you guys think that EO stands for? No, that's confirmed. It's like it's like a Edward something, I thought. That's, if you look at like Speedwagon's Wikipedia page, I think it tells you. Yeah, I don't know what the O is. But I'm gonna go with almost. <laughs> <laughs> Edward almost. <laughs> but yeah, they just, it's funny, when you watch stuff that, when when Americans like something, you get like Star Wars, you know, inspired by all this Kurosawa shit. Mm-hmm. You get like The Departed, which is like the same tale, but through a different lens. Or you get The Magnificent Seven. Yeah, they filter it through a lens, but I feel like they... <laughs> They just take it. They don't filter it at all. It's exactly what it is. It goes in. The Japanese say whatever, whatever. We do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Americans are painters, then the Japanese are collage artists. <laughs> I can appreciate it, though. Um, the um, the naming in particular of characters after bands is a more consistent element yeah. in... JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it happens more and more, even over the course of this series, which um, becomes more and more commonplace yeah. and starts to like branch out into other areas. Like um, In uh, one of the parts he does, uh, people's powers are named after bands and their actual names come from uh, clothing lines. Oh, dude, I didn't know about the names. 
Well, it starts off with the the characters being named after bands, and yeah, then it yeah. switches to I knew powers. The, the bands. I didn't know that the clothing lines. Yeah, that's a much later part. That part hasn't been animated yet. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm only in yeah. part five in the manga. Oh, okay, yeah. I want to say in part five, the villains are named after Italian foods. Iraqi really likes Italy. He really doesn't like dogs. Um, there's a there's been a theory that he just doesn't like animals in general, since uh, every part at some point has some animal being brutally murdered. <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't like... Oh, God, that was fucked. Like, something I can say about Dio. Dio is actually one of my favorite villains of all time. Like, he's in the top five. And he's mastered a duality in me that I think only the Joker also has, where if I know they're going to be the antagonist, I look forward to it, I get psyched for it. And the moment I start watching and they start going to work, I just fucking hate them. I want them to die in the worst way possible. I hate everything they do. I'm just like crying out for their blood. And I kind of forgot about it going back to this with like, man, I was never more happy than when uh, Jonathan kicked the shit out of Dio the first time. Yeah. And even more so when they're older and he literally just picks Dio up and throws him over the rail. Yeah, he is a real son of a bitch. Motherfucker is the ultimate son of a bitch. Yeah, I know you love to hate characters. And I could tell right away this is someone that you hate. He's really just an irredeemable piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was weird. At the at the time I discovered this, that element was actually a bit refreshing because I was reading the manga and they were going over that point that aspect of his, you know, his backstory where his, like, father was, like, somehow even more of an irredeemable piece of shit and drove his mother to die, and he's all pissed off, and it's like, oh, God, they're going to make him too sympathetic for me to really watch this shit correctly, because I don't know when it happened, but I was going through, like, a period where it seemed like everything I was watching had more stock put into the to the villain than the hero, and not in like in a creative way or like a narratively cohesive way. It was just like, okay, make this guy, make that guy, and they got way more into making this guy, and the narrative kind of suffered. But like the moment he like spits on his dad's grave and tells him to like burn, and I'm like, okay, okay, good, good. I can just sit here and enjoy this now. He got some extreme close-ups of his dad <laughs> in the throes of alcoholism. <laughs> Damn. Talk about irredeemable pieces of shit. <laughs> that guy, like, reveled in his sociopathy. He didn't give a fuck. Robbing dead bodies on the mm-hmm. Yeah, pawning their jewelry. <laughs> yeah, maybe, like, in an in a, in a anime full of, like, graphic scenes, the most graphic is you actually see how JoJo's mother died, and it's like... Something impaled her through the face. Well, that's not really carriage driver, I thought. Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope that wasn't his mother, because that was brutal. Yeah, like the first shot. I yeah. <laughs> no, I think you saw it. It was like the first shot with, like, dude with the uh, wood through his mouth. Well, I wasn't paying attention. Oh. Yeah, that's for the best. That, that, that'll make you wince. Yeah. But so, I always had... The only, my only exposure to JoJo... Before this was the game on Dreamcast. And this, Heritage to the future. This doesn't seem yep. anything like it. Oh, that's part three. Yeah. So here's one of the big things with JoJo, right? Uh, kind of goes chronologically, but they tend to uh, jump around. Sometimes they'll skip a few generations ahead. Yeah. But I like the, each the, story is a member of that family line. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, each each uh, each uh, primary character ends up being JoJo. It's usually a combination of their, like, first initials, Jonathan Joestar, the next one is Joseph Joestar, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Weird, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why it's called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the uh, other upside to that aspect of it is you don't necessarily have to go through this chronologically. You can just pick a part. And start there. Yeah. It, it does get... I mean, they explain it well enough, but there are certain things, like, 
part one sets up a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Does Dio come back? Um, how do you feel about spoilers, Mike? I don't know. It seems like an interesting world, but, like, at the end of the fourth episode, I was like, I don't know if I want to watch more of this. Mm. But I feel like it might be worth it to sit through and then just to see what they do in other seasons if they, they jump generations. Part two? Yeah. It takes place during World War Two, I believe. Yeah, the part two is my favorite. I love WW2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually going to ask uh, about your favorite part and your favorite JoJo. Uh, I think I think part two in both cases. Yeah. Um, because I like a uh, young young Joseph. Yeah. He's hilarious. I just I really like characters that get by on being clever. Yeah, that was a and, a really big thing about him for me too was that he used his brain a lot, but in like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it appeals to me because I am, like, in no way, like, sharp, clever, or anything like that. It's nothing like me. So it's really interesting to watch. I really like Part three's protagonist. I don't necessarily want to name them all in, in mm-hmm. the sense of, like, I don't know if that really qualifies as a spoiler, but it feels... Uh, I don't think naming the protagonist is an especially huge spoiler. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Jotaro. Mm -hmm. I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's, uh, Araki said he's based on Clint Eastwood. (laughs) That sounds cool. Yeah, um, I had to warm up to that character. Oh, yeah, he he starts off and is not really likable. Well, it's not even that. Like, I can see why he has some appeal. It's it's just his personality type it kind of plays counter to mine. Oh, yeah. If if I met him in real life, I, I'd have to warm up to him then, too. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I was talking with some friends about, like, which, if there were anyone that you would hang out with. Like, I don't think I would get along with Jotaro at all. Like, he's kind of mm-hmm. like Yeah. It definitely seems that way. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Joseph, both young and old, is like the guy I'd be rolling with because yeah. he's such a goof. Especially in the subs, all of his English. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's uh yeah because he's um well I don't know if you count count him as British American or both, but he's speaking English either way. And uh, since it's Japanese, Mike, they'll occasionally have him shout out random stuff in English because I don't know, funny foreigner. Yeah, so we watched the first episode of this in Japanese. Oh, okay. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense. They're in England. Why are they speaking Japanese? (laughs) We switched to the dub, which uh, Daniel doesn't seem to like. I don't really... I like it. I I like part one's dub. It's fine. I... I love Johnny Young Bosch. I don't think his accent's very consistent, but... I see. It's weird what they were doing in there. I don't know if they were really using accents as much as it was more about the vocabulary. Yeah, there was... It was very... It was even somehow more melodramatic in terms of the way they spoke than... Oh, yeah. No, no. They were were really pouring it on in that cup. It's incredible. It's like... It's not the (laughs) same as... Like, the subs felt pretty straightforward, like, this is what they're saying, it's what they mean. Mm-hmm. They got creative with the dub, which I appreciate. Yeah, everyone in that dub talks like like they're they're in a novel. Like, they, they, they all talk like they're narrating their own novel, I should maybe say. <laughs> like, I'm, like, watching this, and it's like, there is no way in hell people back then, or anyone, is that eloquent all the time. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of was the old Silver Surfer comics that Stan Lee wrote. They're they're written a lot like that. They're just completely and like beautifully overwritten. Mm-hmm. Completely overwritten with this like almost biblical or Shakespearean dialogue. It's the way the Silver Surfer talks is it's pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I enjoyed it. Um, it's weird. I guess I just have an easier time with 
dubs, something about watching the dub allowed me to kind of like hone in a bit more on the music in this show, which just kind of added to that like sort of grandiose aspect of this. Everything in this anime just feels huge and important. Yeah, I was watching it on my... We watched it on my brother's computer with the speakers, and I was thinking it sounded really good, like, especially the music, like, it sounded great. Like, I kind of wish I was at home with my surround sound set up so I could hear that. I always feel super bougie when I, when I mention that. <laughs> it's an old set of speakers that my dad bought, but they sound good. That fucking home theater in the middle of the hood in Oakland. <laughs> Someone goes show up at your door yeah. with that bad boy's two bootleg like we watching this. <laughs> I do like, I think the part one dub is fine. I don't like part two's dub at all, really. But yeah, don't they, they give Joseph like a really weird British accent in well, that, right? The thing about Joseph is that he's voiced... I don't know if either of you ever really watched Codenamed Kids Next Door. That was kind of my childhood more so. I watched it. It was good. It was a good yeah, cartoon. It was great. But Joseph is voiced by fucking number one, and he uses the same <laughs> ass voice. That's pretty good. <laughs> they give it's hilarious. All the different characters, wherever they're from, they give, like, an accent. But it's just kind of hammy, like... Ah, uh, I see. Caesar, like the most fucking Italian. Is it at least more consistent than um, Zeppeli's? Because I couldn't tell if Zeppeli was supposed to be Italian or Spanish. Ego, uh, oh, spaghetti. Yeah. I, yes. I kind of picked out from the vocabulary that he's Italian. Uh, it's it's. I guess it's more obvious. What he's supposed to be in part two? Is he stuff. supposed to be like some sort of like crossover Mediterranean thing or something? <laughs> but uh, it's just like I almost expect him to just be like full on just fucking beepity boopity shit. <laughs> <laughs> like it's I don't like part two. Like, <laughs> that dumb is off the wall. Beepity oh, boopity. Oh, that's something for me to look forward the hell to. Does that mean? Just like. Over the, you know, just over the top Italian oh. <laughs> macaroni, spaghetti, spaghetti, spaghetti. Take me to America, GI. Yeah, for, for me it was mainly part two was almost. Oh, well, I just love Joseph's uh, original, like the Japanese voice and all the English, but I can't get past number one. <laughs> it's just, it's just number one's voice. I see. I mean, he's a little bald kid with sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that show. Codename Kids Next Door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember all that. Because I had to go through it again when you were a kid. I had to stay current with all the cartoons. Yeah. Mm. Fucking Sweet Life with Zack and Cody and shit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I need this. Blue's Clues. Okay, Blue's Clues was good. Blue's Clues was fucking tight. And he quit to go to college. That was sketchy stuff. I don't know what he studied. Uh, criminal forensics. Damn, really? I would have <laughs> given his hobbies that he would probably go into criminology. Uh, he makes like he makes like emo music now. Yeah. <laughs> In real life, new age. He shaved his head. Yeah. Uh, was he like like a monk or something? He's on some like. Hippy dippy spiritual shit. Nah, he's just going bald. Oh, okay. He's on Twitter. Twitter twatter. Okay. But enough about Steve from Blues Clues. Yeah. Um. Well, in the chance that you were interested in going further, Mike, you, you might be happy to know that. Um. N- no. <laughs> as far as I know, at least, maybe he'll show up in part eight. Um. Fucking cool. <laughs> uh. What was I gonna say? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Um, it improves from here mm. significantly. Uh, the thing about part one is that Araki, I don't know if it's fair to say he didn't really know what he wanted to do. This starts off basically as kind of like a, um, 
not quite a homage, but not quite ripoff of another anime or well, another manga rather called Fist of the North Star. Yeah, that's funny because I was looking at that dude. I've never seen Fist of the North Star, but I was looking at him. I was like, he looks just like the Fist of the North Star dude right now. Yeah, he's he. Uh, Jonathan is basically British Kinshiro, mm. but like partially over the course of even this, like. A lot of what was going on here is this This was basically, yeah, this is Araki's take on Fist of the North Star, except it's full of all the stuff he thinks is cool. Except, like, one of the things is his creativity just managed to shine through in spite of that. But the other thing is, is I think a little bit here, more so in part two, he figures out what he really wants to do. Um, and that's why part three, the element kind of changes. You shift from vampires to just people with superpowers. I love part three so much. Yeah, it's good. It's the by and large favorite and maybe the most popular. When did it come out? Of, I want to say part three came out in manga form in 87. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I think this came out in... Wait, it couldn't have been 87. It had to be probably closer to 89. Let me double check. Mm-hmm. Well, how come it took so long to get an anime out of this? Oh, that's a very big and complicated question. Let me try and shorten it by um, saying that um, Araki's habit of naming characters, abilities, oh, whatever, man. after existing things, namely uh, bands, <laughs> was a real big issue in regards to bringing it to the States. What's your favorite? Like a lot of people, a lot of people just didn't want to touch it for fear of like, oh, this is this is lawsuit city. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, power translation of a power's name? Um, yeah, I don't really remember too many of the name changes. Um, uh, first one that came to mind was a person's last name being changed to Eiffel. Yeah, there's one. It's uh, it's called like it's dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Oh, D four C. Yeah, D four C. Oh yeah, all those like well yeah, isn't that hasn't that become a meme now? Yeah, it's it's a uh, in the in a recent video game, not recent, but one of the English oh, localizations. Is it Eyes of Heaven? No, that's really recent. I'm thinking of All Star Battle. Okay. Um, though probably in Eyes of Heaven as well. D four C's name was changed to uh, Filthy Axe at a reasonable price. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. <laughs> no, it's absolutely real. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's pretty oh good. god, I like that. <laughs> hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what I got to do now, right? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. That sounds even dirtier. Filthy acts. Unscrupulous tasks for a meager fee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What are you buying, stranger? Mischievous actions for a fair price. Yeah, anyway, I, I can do that all day. Um, what were we talking about before that completely derailed me? Uh, uh, why it hasn't gotten there. Yeah, why it took so long. Oh, yeah. Well, namely, that being the lawsuit city that it is, no one really wanted to touch it. They actually made some attempts prior. Like, I'm pretty sure the names in the game oh by the way um uh part three is 89 because uh part one came out in 86 so i know there was more time between those but uh yeah the uh game based on three had like minor changes mostly just spelling um like inya and mariah are like spelled differently yeah i think they they call her inyaba mm-hmm yeah i opened the glove compartment in your parents' car today, and there's an Enya CD on top. <laughs> Enya of Lord of the Rings fame. Wow. It, I feel like it should be worth uh, uh, going over just how influential JoJo's is in Japanese media and stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anyone noteworthy in part one that is influencing things. Part two is kind of where it starts. 
in that um, Guile might be based off a Nazi. Yeah. Uh, Rose is based off a character in Part 2. A character in Part 6 is the basis for Jury. Who made that game? What? The JoJo's game? Yeah. Capcom. That's a great game. Oh, yeah, that game's amazing, and maybe, like, kind of, like, I think it acted as, like, the template to, for, like, how to do JoJo's games, like, the whole secret factor element to it. Yeah. Um, Capcom? Yeah. A lot of uh, animes will have, like, lines from different parts of the of the series just, like, lifted wholesale. Yeah. Mm. There's uh, Personas from Persona might be based off of something in JoJo's. Yeah, not only, I think how the Personas work in 3 onward are very much inspired by JoJo. Um, Persona 4 is, like, almost, like, literally based on Part 4. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, it's a small town, crazy phenomena, and at the heart of it, a murderer. Oh, man, wow. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of Part 4's villain, uh, <laughs> I feel like Michael would really appreciate his that the influences of uh, that character's design. Oh, yeah. he's uh, His uh, physical appearance is based on Bowie. Yeah, he's basically <laughs> David Bowie fused with Patrick Bateman. <laughs> yep. And all of his powers are named after Queen songs. <laughs> Yeah, well, that that kind of brings us to something Araki tends to do really well, and somewhat apparent here is a. I mean, it took Araki a while to really get a feel for what to do with his heroes. Maybe not a while, but um, it took a while before they were anywhere near on par as to like what he did with his villains. Because like Dio, in spite of being the antagonist, really kind of takes center stage throughout most of Part One. Well, really, all of it. He's definitely the driving force and, like, um, the point of interest for most people. Jonathan is uh, a serviceable hero, but he's kind of bland. Very classic sort of hero archetype compared to Mm -hmm. the uh, the other protagonists. He's a real regular type dude. Mm -hmm. True gentleman. Fucking blue hair. (laughs) Blonde eyes. Yeah. You gotta have that blue hair, man. It's an anime. Yeah, his dad has a blue mustache. <laughs> At least it runs in the family. Like a blue stash. <laughs> we can make that happen. Oh, yeah. I might have to. <laughs> Looks like he just made out with a member of the Blue Man group. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, sorry, I just uh just finished lunch at a Smurf at that Smurf stew I was chilling with my boy Gargamel. <laughs> I just ate Tobias Funke's ass. <laughs> oh Jesus. It had to go there. <laughs> I was trying to formulate that same joke in my head, but I couldn't figure it out, so I'm glad you got it. Yeah, that's that Pangelina blood. If you find yourself wanting to, like, place me into weird sexual situations, regardless of how inappropriate it is, don't worry about it. It's just your affliction. Mike does it to me all the time. You know, I was actually wondering what that was when I first got on the show. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, um, let me check through my notes here. Yeah, I think we talked about Speedwagon a little bit and his, uh... The crazy man crush he develops on Joe, uh, JoJo two seconds lady. after immediately. Oh, Erina, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, basically, like, the one entity in this anime that keeps Jonathan from killing himself. Yeah. It's time for Speedwagon to play cool. <laughs> I was so yeah. sad that that wasn't in the dub. Because he says, like, it's time for Speedwagon to make his exit. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's he's a bro-ass bro. <laughs> a very strange hat. It's like an odd job hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, spinning that thing around and all that shit. It, yeah, that thing was... I don't know, I'd be a little afraid to wear that. <laughs> because he was trying to mug him. Yeah. Yeah, and then he realized what a true gentleman he was. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Of course they tried to mug him. It was Ogre Street. This happened in skateboarding. <laughs> Mike Carroll got mugged by this guy, Chico Brennan's, and then it's 20 years later, and Chico now skates for Mike Carroll's company. <laughs> he beat his ass and robbed him. <laughs> Did he do it with a razor hat? Uh, no. Did he do it on Ogre Street? No. Yeah, I don't think this is like that at all. Yeah. Not even in Ogre Street. <laughs> I'll give you Seriously. an ass beating on Ogre Street. <laughs> right in front of me. Yeah. Seriously, that is not... You could tell me anything was on Ogre Street, and I'm not fucking with that, man. Man, Ogre Street's got the best ice cream. Fuck that. Like, that place was fucked up. Like Nathan Hennepin. Reminds me of that chestnut. Yeah. Yeah, you don't fuck around that chestnut either. You get shot. Yeah. Our town's version of Ogre Street is called the Dog Town. <laughs> it's a long ass dirt road where you'll, you'll get shot if you walk down it. <laughs> Every city's got an Ogre Street, I guess. Uh, yeah, just working through my notes. Uh, a few, a few minor things I wanted to, uh, talked about the dog on fire. Yeah, well, I was going to get into I was going to get into a bit more in the Dio in that the anime kind of like plays up his bullying of uh Jonathan. He's not as he doesn't whoop him as easily as he does in this anime. Like he's like pushing Jonathan's shit in every time they interact whereas in the manga they only have the one fight. <laughs> But yeah, everything else is the same, including the dog burning. Uh, the dog burning's infinitely more graphic in the um, yeah, manga. It's brutal. Yeah, I'm actually... The, the anime is a really, really close adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that... Um, it's weird to say, because like, he kind of... Araki kind of both tones down the violence, but then just also cranks it up, but in weird ways. Yeah. Like, this one's pretty graphic in the sense of, like, just, like, people's heads being, like, ripped off and, like, not cleanly. <laughs> like, the jaws coming off and you're yeah. still seeing teeth and eyeballs. And <laughs> he's, he's still alive? Who, Araki? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's, like, 56, I think. How old is he? Yeah, and he seems to he seems to age in reverse. Oh yeah, that rugby game in episode two. Uh, the guy doing play by play is literally just a dude in the audience screaming. <laughs> That's how that started, though. <laughs> like going into detail with like running gags and shit, and it's like no one's told him to sit down. I guess he's really good at it. Yeah, I like the. <laughs> Went so far as to to list his height in centimeters. Yeah, it makes him about what six three, six four. Yeah, they're giants. Yeah, yeah. Jojo in particular is just a mountain, fucking man mountain. Yeah, fucking big giant white monster. <laughs> no, the big guy white monster was Jack the Ripper, literally crawling out of a horse. Oh yeah, what the fuck? I ain't never seen no shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hadn't either. That's 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 some Iraqi for your ass though. He was a He'll do shit horse like that. inside of a real horse. Yeah. I mean, like people will claim that this is maybe the least bizarre adventure of all the bizarre adventures. It still lives up to that damn name. Yeah. Also, uh, also in episode two, JoJo threatening to kick a guy in the nuts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think in the, in the subs he says something like, I'll snap my leg into your groin with this three trunk leg of mine. <laughs> yeah, the I want to yeah I want to say in the sub the tree trunk legs is said by more than him. Yeah, like it may be something the uh, announcer guy uses to describe JoJo also. A speed wagon maybe. 
Yeah. I imagine Speedwagon saying that. Um, another thing in episode t- two, uh, thanks to Dio, I have another thing to add to my bucket list, which is to walk around drunk in a top hat. <laughs> I mean, that outfit in general, like, like you can't, like, it's got feathers and shit on it. You can't tell me Dio ain't gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can, some, some of those outfits, man. He he is just too fabulous. There's there's no other explanation. The trench coat and scarf. Yeah yeah. Let's let's uh let's get on JoJo for a minute with that crazy ass Sherlock Holmes get up. Oh, yeah. He's running around in. See, I mean, what else are you gonna wear to Ogre Street? Yeah, I go, no, yeah, right. That's probably why he got mugged. <laughs> I got mugged and. uh... I deserved it. I mean, me and my friend were talking about, like, who would make the best Aquaman or some shit. Like, that was an easy mark. Even the guy you're talking about couldn't have saved you. Fucking DC fanboy. Marvel Street motherfucker. Yeah. Um, let's see, working through the notes. already mentioned that. Yeah, um... People really like their powers in this show. Oh, it just kind of shows in the way they use them, like Dio walking up the wall by literally just shoving his feet in it. That's not even the <laughs> yeah. That's not even the end of his stupid powers. Yeah. God, they're so but like, good. But 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 even even Zeppeli is not like innocent in this. You see the way he opened that bottle? Yeah. Just punched a hole in it with his pinky finger. Yeah, this is actually the first time I've like seen I've seen part one like eight times probably. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I realized that his ham and cutter was made out of wine from his glass. Yeah, I always thought it was just like an inconsistent fucking. Like he can he just he was just randomly able to project Hamon for like half a second and never does it again. Yeah, which to be fair is not something like Araki's done that before. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's also occasionally written out characters just because he accidentally made them too powerful. <laughs> yeah, he does that. Uh, or like... Uh, well, it's kind of a problem of his in terms of, like, that consistency up until, like, part five, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, another thing with him is, like, his art will change drastically over the course of a single part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, over, across multiple parts, like... Yeah. Part three's protagonist just gets younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jotaro gets younger and smaller yeah. with each iteration. Um, yeah, I think the most extreme is um, maybe part three, where like everyone starts starts off really burly, and by the end of it, they're a lot more like they have a lot more muscle tone, but they're also like three inches shorter each. Yeah. Iggy goes from like the ugliest but also maybe the most realistic depiction of a dog to the most cartoony shit ever. Yeah. Part part four had a lot of, like, characters would appear and be, like... That might have been more of a choice, but, like, characters would appear and be, like, all, like, adult-looking and, like, tall, and then they'd get defeated and they'd come back. Oh, God. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a recent villain. When he shows up again, he's going to be Koichi's height. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, been kind of me and Daniel most of this. Uh, Mike, do you have any questions? No. <laughs> so wait, Daniel, I'm curious. Uh, do you have a least favorite part or character so far? Uh, that's difficult. I'm in part. I'm like, I just started part five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to say that has the best collection of stands in it. Yeah, Part that's nine. what I'm he- I've been hearing. So that's gonna be one word, Aerosmith. Oh yeah, I've been, I I I think I'm close to meeting that one. But... Uh, that is my favorite stand ever. Oh man, my favorite stand. That uh, it's hard to say, but uh, <laughs> Star Platinum is just so good. Mm-hmm. But my least favorite part, probably part one, and it's not that I don't like it. It's just comparatively. Yeah, I don't know, uh, Mike, maybe you can help me with this. What would the opposite of, like, 
damning with faint praise be? Damning with faint praise? You mean like... You mean like what? lightweight patronization? Sort of like aggrandizing with minor... Um, with minor insults. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's you like you could... Candid compliment? Not quite... Basically, it's like a lot of people will say part one is their least favorite, but it's like to call it your least to like the the idea someone gets in their head when they hear something is your least favorite does not does not in any way like reflect how good they probably think part one actually is. Yeah, like I love part one, but it's 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 compared to like I think it just gets better. Like part three is probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's consistently the least favorite, probably because it's Araki at his most raw. Like he starts to refine it in two, gets it in three, and it's just kind of like steadily maintenancing and improving his ideas from uh, four onward. Um, I think it's either part one or part eight is my least favorite, and eight's not in any way bad. It just kind of um, kind of goes further in a direction that's good, but not really what brought me in. Yeah, that's uh, I know a bit about later stuff. And unfortunately, it would be cool to have it as all as a surprise. But I definitely see what you mean. What you mean. Yeah, it's it's basically like um, I should put this. Uh, stand battles kind of work in two ways. There's either like the overt fight or like the sort of secret struggle. Yeah. And they go more in the direction of the secret struggle throughout to the point where it's like all mind games. Yeah. Like a Psyduck battle? <laughs> Kinda. Yeah, as as for least favorite character... Uh... Out of, like, major or main-ish characters... Because there's a lot of, like, side characters that I don't really care for. Like, I, I didn't really like the, uh... I don't remember his name. But part four, the... <laughs> the small, uh... The small guy, his stand is Harvest... Oh, oh, I think his name is literally, like, Fatty or something. Yeah, they call him a lot of names. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny, he's one of Araki's favorite characters. Yeah? Yeah, I think, um, I guess he's just so different from what Araki normally makes. That's true. Yeah, I don't really, like... Like, a lot of the characters I don't necessarily like aren't exactly made to be likable, I guess, so... Yeah, that's the thing, is that, like, he does the villains well, so they're usually, like, if someone's a shitbag, you're rarely gonna really like him unless he does something, he or she does something in particular, and that's usually intended. Like, sometimes they'll be total shitbags, but there'll be something hilarious about them when they're doing it. And I want to say there's two characters in part three that you should probably hate but can't because they're so inept. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I forgot what my other point was. Uh, I can't really think of anything else to really go into as we're kind of like already sliding down into future yeah. stuff. I was going to say, like, there's so much, like, I could probably talk about this for hours, but not mm-hmm. in the context of the first four episodes. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, recommendations, um... Has Joe seen this? I don't believe he has. Well, the upside there is if I want to bring Joe in, I can just jump to another part. Uh, Um, in regards to this, an obvious one, this is just name one of its influences, um, Fist of the North Star... If you like, uh, well, when you watch a little later, you'll kind of see what Jonathan turns into. If you'd like to see that in a post-apocalyptic setting, yeah. and you know, you'll in in you know, just in regards to the fact that it's influenced it, it there'll be elements to like that I can't really put into words. Going from one of these to the other, I want to say I kind of bounced between Fists of the North Star and uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Like I got into one because I heard like one was either influenced or an influence on the other. I don't remember what the order of events was per se, but they're closely connected in my head. Yeah. I I like to classify that sort of stylistic uh, influence as manime. 
<laughs> yeah. That's probably pretty apt. Uh, a lot of the stuff that came out in the 80s, probably due to the uh, influence of uh, American action movies, a lot of the like, 80s anime and manga were really just over-the-top manly. Yeah. Watched a lot of sweaty, hard bodies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man, gotta burn that muscle. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Like, I was trying to uh, come up with something more on the British end of stuff. Uh... Mm-hmm. Downton Abbey. <laughs> well, in anime form, but yeah, if you want to just see that like high ass drama. Yeah. Downton. Uh, Abbey. It's probably been uh, recommended if you haven't talked about it on your show before. But uh, Full Metal Alchemist is very European. It is. It is thoroughly European, especially that first season, and, when they never outright admit to it. Yeah. But you know it is. And for that matter, Attack on Titan is also very... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that might be something. It's also very violent. And um, I want to say, from what I've heard, it's kind of like uh, whoever made it works very much like a Rocky, where they have no problem killing off main characters. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know if the recommendation works... Is it in general, or is it more about what um, we just talked about? Uh, you can recommend things in general. You usually want to uh, focus on things like what we talked about for whatever reasons. But uh, you can recommend some general stuff, too. Yeah, well, in terms of um, like odd storylines and genre experimentation... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always like Haruhi is very much like that but that's way more slice of life yeah it, it is but like yeah they do do some really weird stuff with like the uh, chronology of it and to that extent like the way the characters develop as well and something like that's kind of fun in that you'll ultimately <laughs> I want to say you ultimately end up watching it like twice or maybe three times. Yeah. Uh, Bacano works like that too. Yeah, both Bacano and Durarara are both very, uh, very. Important. Yeah. Uh, point of interest. Uh, I think Bacano was the first thing pitched as the topic for this episode, but uh, I felt kind of like trying to watch that, especially just the first four episodes, would piss off and confuse Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's not told chrono how should it chrono chronologically. Yeah. And it, it it's really big on like solving like partially answering one question and creating like five more. Yeah. And just doing cool shit for the hell of it. Yeah. I thought you might like it, Michael, in part that it's a a pretty interesting gangster narrative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um with a lot of well-done fight scenes and stuff. stuff yeah. That I, reminds me of Bebop, which I know you really like. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool. I want to say the pieces are all there, but how they're put together, I have the sneaking suspicion, might just irritate you. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll end up watching it at one point. At some point. Um... Trying to think, is there anything else I can recommend? Interview with a vampire. Oh yeah. Um I wasn't able to like confirm this, but I heard that one of the the other primary influence on this outside of Fist of the North Star was uh Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So maybe like yeah, if you're into like vampire fiction then Yeah. Those would be good. Um if you just want to see vampires in anime. Uh, try watching Helsing. Uh, I don't know why I thought of this, because it's not really like JoJo's at all, but it is an interesting concept. Uh, there's an anime called Kokoro Connect, which is... I've heard, I've heard that name, but I know nothing about it. Uh, uh, do you mind if I give a short synopsis? Yeah, go nuts. Uh, just because I know some people like to go in blind for things. But uh, it's basically just about a group of friends who start randomly switching bodies. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> oh dear. I, uh, this could get uncomfortable really fast. I don't think I quite finished it, but it was really good from what I watched. Mm, okay. Number cables. What would you do if we switched bodies? <laughs> Watch you at all times and make sure you didn't do anything appropriate with mine. <laughs> uh, oh no! Wait. Okay, there is another a manga this time. It's a little weird. And I think it maybe appeals more towards part three's in, namely an aspect of the whole stand damage reflecting on the person. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's influenced by JoJo's. It's a, I want to say a manga called Chaotic Rune. It's kind of like part JoJo, part Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> That's cool. So, like, imagine you're playing that card game, right? Except uh, when one of your monsters gets damaged, you actually take the damage, too. Oh, man. So if your monster gets its, like, arm ripped off, there goes your arm. Yu-Gi-Oh! Digital monsters. Yu-Gi-Ohs are the champions. Gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all to save us from the Fire Nation. Morphin time. It's morphin time. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, minor thing. I like JoJo's vampires. They're interesting. Yeah, I, I actually was just thinking about... It's a very interesting take, like, from the way they suck blood to, like, the powers they possess. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe think of Spider-Man. <laughs> suckers on his hand. Yeah. <laughs> I need plasma! I am consumed by the need for plasma. <laughs> Alicia! <laughs> Mary Jane! <laughs> what? Hobgoblin? <laughs> Shocker! I'll chase you to the end of the <laughs> like my favorite clip. <laughs> he was so pissed! You can't escape me! <laughs> I'm through. <laughs> Being your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Any uh, parting words for the for our dear listeners? Uh, what about you, Daniel? Uh, watch JoJo. It's it's really good. It, it'll take you a while, but it's worth it. Yeah. Start wherever you want, but you know, get into it. It's fun. Never to a slim gym. Get a little excitement. It's number two, a Slim Jam. Oh, yeah. 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 I think if I had a stand, it would look like Randy Savage. Dude, I already know what my stand would be. Not really. Obviously, it'd be Carolyn Whisper. <laughs> That's pretty good. Still sleepy. Hope the show came out well, though. And yeah, sorry for any audio technical problems that still made it through. Ugh, stuff's been working me. Anyway, on the business. If you happen to like this song you're hearing, head on over to soundcloud.com/submorphine. S U B hyphen M O R P P H I N E. And um you'll find a song called Synthetic Highway. That's the song you're listening to. If you want to listen to it completely uninterrupted and without awkward, obnoxious, sleepy, irritable black people talking over the audio. Um, yeah, Submorphine. Uh, if you happen to like our promo theme, head on over to facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N, because it's Squareon that created Anime Raku, the promo theme. Uh, Squareon's got something they'd like me to pimp out, it being uh, Project Stick. Facebook.com slash Project Stick. I believe it's Project Stick Part 2, for the record. It looks pretty good. Um, oh yeah, us. The people you tolerated for whatever amount of time. HeyListenRadio.com 
you can find all our episodes there, or you can go to the SoundCloud, if you happen to be on there anyway, facebook.com slash... SoundCloud slash... SoundCloud slash... Hey, listen, radio. Oh, God. Uh, We have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter. Hey, listen, radio, or at Hey, listen, radio, or whatever. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, and Google Play. We have individual Twitters if you want to talk with us about our specific shows. Michael's show is Hyper90s Like Guy Breakdown, and he is at Hyper90s on Twitter, spelled 90s. Joe's show is NHEP Resurrection, and you can find him at Twitter at NHEP Returns. And the off chance you want to talk to me some more in text form, uh, find me at old.connect. Um, I also have a I have a Gmail I made for this podcast that I've been using and I realized it might have something to do with me not letting people know it exists. Oldtakuconnection at gmail.com. So yeah. I think that's about everything. Um oh. Sorry, my brain is just shorting on me. I really got nothing this time. So uh, thank you for listening. Have a good night, people. This uh, upcoming theme month is about uh, training, fighting, getting ripped, getting pumped, and all around, you know, manly ass shit. My uh, little code name for it, though, is how Jumper Cable Scout is grooved back. But will I? Tune in for more Street Fighter 2V to find out. <laughs> <laughs>